Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate with Brian Pham, where we interview real estate professionals around the industry. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave a very positive review. We release an episode every single Sunday, so stay tuned. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crushing in Real Estate. We're super happy to have Kenny and Connie today. So Connie was actually on our episode six, and today we just broke 50, uh, our 50th episode. So Ooh. super excited to have Connie back and meet uh, Kenny as well. You guys, can you guys give us a quick introduction again real quick? Sure. Well, congrats on hitting the 50, 50th episode, and we're so honored to be here. So Kenny and I are business partners. We actually started as friends before we became business partners in selling over $100 million in volume mm-hmm. in San Francisco area before turning to our new roles as educators, teaching agents all about building better branding and cultivating deeper relationships with their clients. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. And this is particularly exciting to be on your 50th episode. We, on our podcast, The Thoughtful Realtor, I think we're just about to publish our 20th. So we also totally, totally relate to the work it takes to get every single, uh, every single episode up and running. So, um, so to hit 50 is such a huge milestone. So we're definitely sending lots of, uh, congratulations to you, Brian. Hats out to you guys too. You know, starting podcasts is really rewarding because you get to connect with people that you haven't connected with in a while and you get to learn more about your industry too, especially because your role is as educators now, like now is, now's the time that you guys are giving back to the, to the community and mentoring other people and teaching them your expertise. Hats off to that. I haven't got to that level yet, but I'm happy to, uh, to learn more about what you guys are doing and what kind of tip advice do you have for um, new, new agents coming to real estate during this time? I think our advice to new agents entering the field, whether today or uh, a few months ago or a couple of years ago and still new in the industry is mm-hmm. to just give it all you got and to understand that there's so many ways to be successful in this business, which mm-hmm. is what makes it so incredible and fulfilling and rewarding is you can just be yourself and run your business how you think is best fit and see fit and really succeed. So I think a first step is understanding who you are and what kind of realtor you want to be and how you want to serve your clients. Oh, wow. What about you, Kenny? What kind of advice do you have for realtors right now who are just starting COVID? Like like tomorrow, what kind of advice would you give? You know, it's been really interesting because uh, I have been in conversation with um, with a handful of people who are starting in the last month or two. And so they are experiencing a, an industry that is constantly changing. You know, in, in San Francisco, in the Bay Area, regulations, restrictions around showings and how to operate business is just constantly changing. So all of us as... Um, all agents are having to really be nimble and creative um, and and resourceful um, and adaptive ultimately when it comes down to it. And I think that's a really great place to start, right? It's a really great place for new agents, brand new, to kind of be thrown into the, um, to the uncertainty of COVID-19 because this is where you're going to develop that thick skin. Um, mm-hmm. 
And, and you know, when I first got into the industry, I was interviewing uh, two separate brokerages and to, to join. And within the span of two weeks, I talked to six different people at each wow. of those brokerages to make my decision uh, and to inform where I wanted to place my, um, place my license, mm-hmm. hang my license. And, um, and I was in, I was having conversations with a bunch of different potential mentors mm-hmm. and ultimately the mentor that I chose said this one thing that still to this day sticks to me. And he said, the best agents, they just know their strengths. Mm-hmm. They just know, I mean, to what Connie was saying, they know who they are, they know their strengths and they work to those strengths. So I think so much of what I did as an agent and now what we teach in our business, um, in our education business, is Mm -hmm. helping people find those strengths, helping people identify where they're most powerful and operating from that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think this holds true to you. I was talking to a couple of entrepreneurs who actually started a company or started a business back in 2008. And honestly, they're the most resourceful people I know. You know, they come from Mm -hmm. kind of a mixture of like abundance mindset slash scarcity mindset where they understand that it's not good to overspend, over leverage yourself. So it's good to build a strong foundation. And I feel like after every crisis, it gives you an opportunity to rethink yourself Rethink your yeah. business and what works and what doesn't work, you know, because mm-hmm. everyone will seem like an expert and when the market's great, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when the market tanks, that's when the true experts comes out because you have to really understand what you're doing. And the yeah. fact that, you know, you guys are understanding your own strengths and weaknesses, what worked in the past, but doesn't work anymore, pivoting and becoming more of an educator role to help the new generation is really admirable. So I really appreciate you guys doing that. But before we kind of dive deeper into your, your, your educating or educating role and mentor role. I want to learn a little bit more about you guys too, so our listeners can really understand where you where you guys came from, how you guys met. And you guys you guys mentioned before that you guys met at UC Berkeley. Was that right? No, we didn't. We actually had both were at Cal, I think, in overlapping times, but we didn't know each other. But we did have mutual friends that we later learned. Okay, Kenny, Kenny, um, it just goes to show how small the Bay Area and the world is. But mm-hmm. Kenny, my best friend from college, after graduating, rented a room from one of uh, Kenny's properties, and they were roommates. Wow. And I would see Kenny at the, their holiday parties, and I'd be like, "Oh, hi!" But you know, we never really talked or got to know each other that well. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in until we were both working in nonprofits as social justice fundraisers. It's like a very niche um, <laughs> role within the nonprofit industry. We mm-hmm. ran into each other at a social justice grassroots fundraising conference in Oakland. Nice. And I was at, we were having, it was like lunchtime and someone just came up to me and was like, Hey, can I sit at your table? And I look and I, and it's Kenny, a familiar face of like a sea of people that I didn't know. And it was from that moment, we just connected on, these shared values that we didn't know we had and built a really great uh, working relationship because our jobs were flexible and very similar in role. So we got to be work buddies. We'd go to cafes and work together. And Mm -hmm. then then I got into real estate first and I would tell Kenny all of my experiences, the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm -hmm. And Kenny comes from a real estate family and decided he wanted to explore that role. Um, so it was really fun that we got to go into it separately um, and share our experiences with each other. 
And a couple of years in, I think a year or two in, we were like, let's see what it would look like and feel like to work together. Mm -hmm. But because we were friends first, we were very intentional about how we wanted to go into business together because, you know, as Asian immigrants, there's a lot of family businesses. um, uh, And, you know, sometimes that's great. Having grown up in a family business, sometimes it cannot be so great. So we wanted to make sure that we prioritize the friendship before our business. And we had some really hard conversations like, okay, what would it look like if it didn't work out? And we both made the promise that our friendship came first and our business second. So, okay, if we did, if our business relationship wasn't working out, how would it end? And we just had all those tough conversations up front and it's been an incredible ride. We, it was so nice to talk about all that up front because we just have a great synergy that we don't even haven't had to go there. Um, Mm -hmm. And we have strengths and values that really sing and meld well and we complement each other in a really great way and we just have so much fun working together it's mm-hmm. awesome how long have you guys been working together now kenny oh my gosh it feels it like feels- I, I know i was trying to count the count the years and the you know it feels like i had it, it it feels like I've never not worked with Connie. It's been, um, and I think it probably has been about five years, maybe something like that. Okay. But um, because of the synergy, and I think this is this speaks to the importance of finding the right partner if someone is going to get into business with someone else. Mm-hmm. That that synergy is something that has to be innately there, and then you yeah. build from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, you know, building from that already is hard enough. Like Connie mm-hmm. was saying, it takes a lot of intention. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of, um, uh, it takes a lot of thoughtfulness and conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I can't even imagine not being in business. <laughs> um, and yeah. And I mean, you know, yeah, it's been five years and I think that we've constantly pivoted and shifted and scaled. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been a really fun journey. That's awesome. I think it's great that you guys have all the hard conversations first. I think when you first form, form a new partnership with anyone, you're always so enthusiastic. You always think about the positives, you know, totally. you don't talk to the negatives at all. And yeah. unfortunately, when stuff doesn't go turn out so well, that's when your friendship goes first because you never discuss the bad things. And it's kind of hard to predict these things as well. At the very beginning, it's like, oh, we're going to make so much money. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But when things don't, and you immediately find out how the other person works too, really mm-hmm. quickly, in like your first month working together, you do have this synergy. And most of the time, unfortunately, people don't, yeah. you know? Yeah. And there's something, you know, there's something really powerful about, um, you know, I think especially when people are, do have that enthusiasm, excitement that you were talking about, they tend to often go straight to, okay, what's, what's the vision? What do we agree on? Like, how are we going to do this? And I think the way that Connie and I approached it was Mm -hmm. instead of what do we agree on? Mm -hmm. It was, let's start from a place of disagreement. Mm-hmm. And let's start our business partnership with thinking about, okay, when and if, if and when we disagree mm-hmm. and whether that's sort of on the bigger things or on the smaller things, how yeah. are we going to navigate that? Yeah. I think that was a better foundation because um, it, it created 
already a safety net for us to lean on yeah that when we were talking about visioning when we were ex- imagining what the agreement could look like we already knew what the disagreement would look like definitely and i want to remind people listening right now when you enter into a business partnership you're pretty much dating another person <laughs> oh 100% <laughs> That's actually what we did. We dated first because we first tested out only a couple clients before we got into formal partnership just to see what it was like. There was no commitment, no hurt feelings should we decide not to work together. So it was like, hey, let's just try out these buyers, um, these clients. And then we found how much they took value from our dual relationship, especially because we were at two different brokerages. Mm -hmm. And then we just learned how much we enjoyed it and how much value um, and satisfaction we got from it as well. Definitely. I love that too. Yeah. Now that we understood your background a little bit and how you guys met and how you guys formed your business partnership, let's dive deeper into the strategies right now. And what top Mm -hmm. three strategies would you recommend for new agents or not even existing agents to navigate through COVID-19? Yeah, this is, um, it's such a huge question. And I think the the way that I would answer that is to kind of think about when we envision our education business, the three buckets that we oftentimes um, talk about how where we're creating content around and where we're educating around mm-hmm. is in cultivating relationships mm-hmm. and in authentic branding mm-hmm. and in mindset shifts. Definitely. So all three of these things I think are really, really crucial wherever someone may be in their, in their, in their, in their career. Mm-hmm. Um, and it come, and this is, if we, is, if we boil everything down to its most essential, it comes down to how are you creating the best relationships that you can and being really thoughtful about those relationships and those. And, and when we talk about relationships, we're talking about all of the people that are in your life on a daily basis. So this is your clients. This is, your, your team, if you've got a team, this is your manager, and especially in your life, how are you cultivating your personal relationships so that those are also very, very healthy and strong in tandem with your professional ones. Um, and then when we talk about authentic branding, this is about, you know, when we, it, branding, there is so much, the, the advice is be authentic, be authentic, be authentic, mm-hmm. right? And for us, it's about how do you actually translate an authentic life into authentic branding Mm -hmm. and taking people through that step. So for us, you know, in terms of what people need to be doing wherever they may be in their career, it's how are you being more authentic in your branding? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, your authentic branding is going to be your differentiation. That's how you're building your business. That's how you're competing against the sea of other agents is in that differentiation that's personalized and customized to you and authentic to you. Mm-hmm. And then of course, when it comes to mindset, this is a brand new agent. This is agent who's been in the industry for, for decades. It's how are you really embodying the right mindset so that you're going about your business and your life in a way that is aligned with your values. Mm -hmm. That's in a way that's aligned with how you want to operate your life and your business um, from a higher level and taking it down to that day-to-day level as well. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I mean, a lot of really good points here, you know, 100% agree that, you know, being authentic is is a great, great way to market yourself because we do live in an era where I guess we grew up with a lot of gimmicky commercials and, crooked salesman, you know, shady salesman, 
that it kind of left an impression on our generation that's like, hey, I can't trust people like that. Mm-hmm. And I know it's pretty, it's pretty funny how you mentioned, uh, you know, you have to be an authentic brand because most people would think that high production will get you the best clients, high production mm-hmm. will get you the best customers. That's not really true. Sometimes the best production is who you are as a person. Absolutely. You know? so I can look at that brand and be like, that's so Connie. But that's so Kenny, you know. If I look at a brand and be like, "Man, like, did you just hire like a graphic designer to make it really cool or something?" Then I can't connect with mm-hmm. that, you know. And that's yeah. super important too in real estate because we are a relationship business. We have well, to- yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Absolutely. I was going to say, especially in the Bay Area and in these metropolitan cities where the competition is stiff and everyone has has some great stats or has the high production volume and really pretty marketing. It's like, okay, what's that differentiation? How can I take it to the next level and connect with that client or that prospective client? And it's really by showing and sharing your story so that you Mm -hmm. can have that. So you can have that way of building a deeper, meaningful connection and have something to share that resonates with them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely agree. I mean, I mean, you guys, besides from starting your education business, you guys still obviously still running your business as real estate agents. How do you strike that balance between education and continue growing your, your other business as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have, uh, we have a team of people that, that we work with um, that help us on the sales end. And we of course always have our referral partners in other markets Mm -hmm. Um, that we partner with um, to ensure that whoever comes our way, we -hmm. are making sure that they're getting the very best service. Um, Mm -hmm. Because of course, as we all know, real estate is local, right? Like the best real estate practitioners are local to their market. They're they're experts in their market. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's about being a resource in any way that we can. Mm -hmm. Um, And our sales business um, yeah, we've got an amazing team of, of, of folks that that we help that that work with us. Um, but we've really actually focused now and pivoted our focus primarily to the education um, mm-hmm. because we know that just like sales, doing education is work. It's work to um, for us. It's it's so much introspection on our end so that we can translate what we're experiencing to help other people. Mm-hmm. Um, do those interventions as well and, and understand those interventions as well from an education standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, it's a lot in, and um, it's a lot to juggle, mm-hmm. but also at the end of the day, like it's part of the fun. It's part of why we got into real estate, right? Like yeah. we got into real estate to have this huge puzzle that we're trying to figure out to, to juggle a lot of things and figure out how do we optimize everything? Mm-hmm. How do get to a point where we're continuing to help people mm-hmm. and scale that help. So, mm-hmm. so our education business is now about how do we serve not only the clients that um, we've been so fortunate to, to be in partnership, but how do we then scale that, um, scale that impact and how do we help agents mm-hmm. create amazing businesses and amazing brands so that they are better serving their clients. And yeah. that's the way that we're now thinking about our, um, how we spend our energy. It's mm-hmm. in that scaling that impact. Definitely. I mean, it's a good segue to talk a little bit more about your ed- education business too. Is your education business more like a, 
like a um, like a coaching call? Is it an online course? Can you kind of walk us through that part of your business so our listeners you know? Yeah, it's multifaceted. We have our ongoing podcast, The Thoughtful Realtor, where we share our personal stories and practical tips for agents in the field. And then we have our one-on-one coaching, where we do a lot of deep work with individual clients, as well as small group coaching, where mm-hmm. sometimes we work with a team or we work with a few agents who are kind of in the similar field um, and level of experience. And then we do brokerage consulting and trainings mm-hmm. as well. And soon we're going to be launching our online course called uh, Your Branding Cookbook, which we're really excited to launch um, hopefully in the next month or so. Um, but yeah, it's very multifaceted and it is, uh, a lot is it's, I find that we're in a fascinating time because much of it, much of our work and much of our audience is online. So it's been really fun to be online and really translate that direct personal experience through the computer screen, which adds an added challenge, but makes it all the more fun. Definitely. Man. All of that, all that sounds really, really cool. You know, like it's definitely very appropriate. Um, I mean, if I was starting out, I, I would like something like this, you know, I think, um, I think real estate is kind of funny in a way where there's so much information, but yet when you need to find something, you're so refined, it's kind of hard to find it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And real estate is one of those things where it can be really creative, where there's so many multiple solutions to the same problem. You know, uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, this, there's right. like, there's, there's a million ways to do this, to, to run your business. There's a yeah. million ways to do everything from lead generation to branding, to transaction coordination, to, you know, everything. There's, there's such an, such an array. And I actually think like, that's actually, that's why we're excited to be in this education space because mm-hmm. similar to similar to knowing that there's a right agent for every client, there's going to be a right education space for the right agent. And for us, it's, it's, we're not trying to be for everyone. Um, And we know that what's, what's the best way that we can provide service is to be, is to offer what's authentic to us and what we know to be effective and, um, and to, and to create from an authentic space um, because we know that that's going to resonate with certain agents. And for the, for the agents that don't resonate with it, that's totally okay. But um, for the agents that do resonate with it, we know that this is where the, the shift in their business is. This is where the shift in their career is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's it kind of, that's what's super exciting about it um, yeah. because there's a million ways, but mm-hmm. it's like, okay, here's, for 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 our for our agents and our coaching clients, like this is the way, and this is the way that you're really going to be able to find those amazing amazing mm-hmm. um, shifts. Definitely. I mean, just for our listeners, we're gonna have like a special segment. Uh, what kind of market? I mean, you know, you mentioned before like authentic marketing, but what kind of concrete steps if I was a first time agent that I can follow to kind of help me at this very moment?
So I think that um, the first the first thing that we always recommend people do mm-hmm. is a brand audit. So when we talk about um, and I'll, I'll keep this specific to branding and authentic branding, mm-hmm. the first thing to do is a brand audit. And um, and we love this because uh, it gets very real when, <laughs> when people have have the opportunity to do and do this kind of exercise. And, mm-hmm. and the way that we think of, of a brand audit is in three steps. The first is just to gather everything that represents your brand. So this is anything from your website to your social media links to uh, the three last direct mails that you sent, the three last email newsletters that you sent, like everything that you've created or produced mm-hmm. to communicate you and your brand and your business. Um, just gather all of that mm-hmm. and then to go through um, an analysis of what do you see in front of you? So that could be like um, asking the question of, okay, when I look at all of the, all of these branding collateral, mm-hmm. what are the three words that come up? Right. And sometimes you might need other people to help you identify what those three words are. So if you said it to, to three colleagues or three friends and say, help me, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what is being conveyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just doing a, just doing a really good audit of what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third thing, the third most basic thing is to ask yourself, okay, what do I want to see next? What are the three words that I aspire my brand to be? Mm -hmm. Um, some of those things could also be okay with, with what you're seeing in front of you Mm -hmm. on a, on a scale of one to 10, where would you place the content that you have in front of you? All of these things, um, that you have in front of you, what, where, what, what, how would you rank it? Mm -hmm. Um, And then the next question of course is okay. And how do you get it to a 10? What, what, what needs to happen to get it, get it to a 10? Mm -hmm. Um, what it needs, what needs to happen to get it to those three most aspirational words that you want? Mm-hmm. Um, and we start there. And I think um, when we start working with people, this is like the best thing to start off with because it just gives you a sense of what your current brand is looking like. What's the DNA of your current brand? Mm-hmm. And then that's when we come in and start really working with folks and figuring out, okay, mm-hmm. how do we get to those three aspirational words? Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that we think about it Connie mentioned um, our, our upcoming course is uh, your brand your brand cookbook, um, and so we think about it in co- in in terms of cooking, right? And so this brand audit is at first it's it's understanding your your the cooking basics, the mm-hmm. brand cooking basics, right? Mm-hmm. And then when we actually take folks through a process, it's understanding okay, what are the actual ingredients? Mm-hmm. that you need for your brand? What are the fundamental ingredients that you need to kind of do brand cooking? Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, what are the what are the recipes? What are the recipes? How do you take all of these ingredients and use them in tandem with each other to create different recipes so it's very accessible and very doable? Mm-hmm. And then from there, what's the meal prep? Like how do you how do you meal prep for the week, for the month, for the quarter mm-hmm. um, using these recipes? Also, what are the special occasion meals that you're going to cook up only once or twice a year? Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that, so once we do sort of that meal prep, people really get a sense of, okay, 
there's just these pieces. My branding, it can seem overwhelming, but it's just pieces. It's just mm-hmm. little tiny components that can be worked together to create a full holistic brand that really feels authentic, that sings, and also is a little bit systematized. It's actually really, really systematized. So you're not constantly thinking about it. You're not constantly worrying about it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I mean, essentially the point is you want to start small and dream big, you know, Mm -hmm. every single step that you do, no matter how small they are, will guide you to where you want to be. And I think just not just in real estate, but in anything else that you decide to do, you always look at the bigger picture and then they get overwhelmed by it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh man, I want to be just like that person. I want to be just like this. I want my business to look like this, but everything, Mm -hmm. everything that you ever dreamt of can be broken up to smaller steps that can be done by you. You know, and that's that's the picture that I'm envisioning your your course about yeah. helping people break down that the big first step, which yeah. is always yeah. the most difficult. And and the one thing that I also want to say is when people are doing that brand audit, the number one rule is to not judge yourself. Like no matter where you know where your brand is currently. Yeah, that brand audit is just it's just revealing where it is right now. There's no judgment about what is there, what's not there, um, where where you know you wish it were. Like none of that judgment, and I think is the most important part because this is just about a process of moving yeah. forward and moving ahead. Yeah, and sometimes it's really uncomfortable for most people to kind of be that honest with themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, I think when right. people just start out, it's like they always want to be more optimistic, but it's always good to be realistic too. And that's how you, you understand mm-hmm. what you like and don't like, and you develop the right strategy that works for you. Totally. Right. Yeah. Hats off to you guys. Um, yeah. I mean, that kind of concludes like all the tips and advice that I was curious about for your course. I'm really excited. You guys are walking down this path. You know, I think it's really good. I think it, it, it has a lot of opportunity to become bigger and better just because I have friends who work in other brokerages who have training courses, but not necessarily understand how the business works and how to make their business work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're touching on a big niche niche in this, in this industry right now. And hats off, hats off to you guys for, for doing this. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Fun a fun challenge and pull for us to continue learning how to put the pieces together. And Mm -hmm. we find that there's such a huge need, especially when we were new agents. Um, In hindsight, it's almost like we're creating the type of content and education we wish we had when we were new bright eyed agents. (laughs) And especially to have people who look like us, who sound like us and can resonate with our experience of where we're coming from Mm -hmm. uh, goes that much further. Agreed. And people, yeah, when people first get to become real estate agents, the fall off rate for the first couple of years is like extremely high, <laughs> you know, and I think it's good having more resources out there to kind of guide you in any, yeah. So hats off to you guys. Definitely. Thank before you. we, before we end this podcast, do you have any um, tips, advice and recommendations for anyone starting out to kind of, understand how the industry works and how can, how can they reach out to you guys? Sure. Well, I would say, especially during this time, it 
being in COVID-19, there's a lot of emotional and physical restraint and restraints. So we put together a failure resume template for Mm -hmm. folks to really remind themselves of the failures and challenges they went through because it's a reminder that like, oh yeah, I came out much stronger because of that experience. And it's a good reminder that if I could go through that, I can get through coronavirus and I can get through quarantine and the shelter in place that we're in and Mm -hmm. all these other challenges that we're experiencing today. Mm -hmm. So if folks want more from us, they can find us at Mm ConnieandKenny.com. Instagram, we're at ConnieandKenny. And they can also tune into our podcast, The Thoughtful Realtor. Awesome. I'll, I'll include all those in the show in the show notes. So I appreciate both you guys being on the show today. Thanks for having Thank us, Brian. Thank you so much, Brian. Of course. Welcome back, Connie. Thank you again. And thank you, Kenny, so much for your time. Appreciate it. Oh, we appreciate you too. Thank you. All Thank right. you so you guys much. Stay safe out there. Take care. Bye. Bye.